Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message from Mahesh Chavda, presented by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. We're going to turn to the Gospel of John. And uh, John chapter 7. I had a, this scripture and this season particular that he's talking about here. Um, some of I already shared it many times, but for more than 22 years, Bonnie and I had the privilege. I was asked to lead the healing service for the Christian embassy in Jerusalem for nearly 20 more, I think about 22 years in a row, every, the, the week we would celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem. In the fall, we would always be there to, they asked me to do, do the healing service. That's where I got acquainted. Many friends I met there, Ruth Heflin would turn up with her number of disciples that used to live in Jerusalem. She'd always be in the front row with all her all her wonderful disciples, and they would be cheering me on. And then one time we ended up, it was strange, but usually this was, would not happen, but we didn't have a worship person to come and lead us. And suddenly out of the, out of the blue, Robert Stearns turned up. He was, this was many years ago. He was just a young, very, about 18, 19 years old. But he was anointed, and he led us in worship. That was really significant. And one time, uh, I traveled with Ricky Skaggs because he was with me in Nigeria. I did a pastor's conference there, and uh, I had a word of knowledge. I was doing a big stadium uh, service, and I had a word that there was a young girl there was born blind, that God was going to heal her. And uh, some parents brought up this uh, young lady, about I think about nine years old, and she had been born blind. So her eyes were, I mean, there was no way in the natural something would happen. And Ricky was with me traveling there at that time. You, how many of you know Ricky Skaggs? He's a wonderful country singer and got a few, couple of times the Song of the, I mean, the Country Award. Um, what that special award they get. Anyway, he got it, Man of the Year, Singer of the Year. And so, um, he traveled, he said, when I touched that guy, uh, girl's eyes, just tapped her, took my hand off, God totally healed her eyes. She was born blind. She was at nine years old. And so, he said, I want to follow you. So the next major travel at that time, I think, was uh, the Feast of Tabernacles healing service. So he was with me. And we were registering at the Hilton Hotel. And uh, it was, it's very posh and uh, very well. You have to be very well dressed to come there. <laughs> anyway, so I was registering and Ricky was on the other side of the register. And I heard a big scream. And was, a lady came running out. Oh, no, it's Brother Mahesh. And she just kind of ambled over, ran over, and hugged me. And I couldn't take her off. I mean, she was just very tight. And I couldn't breathe. Uh, and I was hoping she would let go. She was so excited. She didn't mean to, but she was slowly strangling me. And uh, so, and then she looked at me and said, do you recognize me? And I said, no. And she said, I am Mary from Nazareth. And you prayed for me last year. And I was dying. I had breast cancer. And I had an appointment to have both my breasts removed, have a mastectomy. And I came to your service. I'd never been to a service like that. And she said, I fell down. I fell over. 
means I couldn't get up. And everybody was dismissed. And the cleanup people were cleaning around me and I was still there. And water was coming from my breasts. And she went home, but water kept coming all night. And she went to her doctor to get an examination. And he, he kind of acted angry and said, who, which doctor did you go to? And she said, why are you asking me? She said, because I cannot find one trace of the malignancy. You are healed. That, I remember that because that was during the Feast of Tabernacles. So I want to point to you to the scripture then in the Gospel of John, chapter 7, verse 37 onwards. Then it, it's, it says on the last day, that great day of the feast. So the feast, this is the, among the four major feasts. There's the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Pentecost, etc. This is the Feast of Tabernacles. So, and Jesus stands up on the last day of the feast and... Uh, so there are seven days that for many centuries after they came into the promised land, the Feast of Tabernacles was to remind the children of Israel. God was very much on memorials. Remember this. You're going to celebrate Passover because for 400 years you were slaved. And then Moses came and had the word and you slayed the lamb put the blood, and through the power of the blood, you were delivered from slavery, from sickness, and from the curses of Egypt, and brought eventually after 40 years to the promised land. So they would remember, for 40 years they wandered in the wilderness uh, until they were led to the promised land. And so the Feast of Tabernacles was the time to remember, so it's also the other name for the Feast of Tabernacles was the Feast of Booths. And it's celebrating God Almighty. And of course, the pre-incarnate Jesus himself. Uh, and they were delivered out of Egypt. And they came out of Egypt, with, it says, with silver and gold and not one feeble in their midst. So, I mean, they were, came out with blessing and... Uh, God provided them. When they were hungry, for example, God gave them supernatural bread called manna. And then, so God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, your provider. So at different stages, God would reveal himself. And those are revelation. Say revelation. So it's something, revelation is important because it's not just just a good Bible study. It is basically, if I can share that, it is coming into possession of that revelation so that forever then you experience it, you release it, you impart it to your children and to other people. So way back, the revelation God shared with me that Jesus is a healer. And so, Mary's testimony of all things. She came from Nazareth. <laughs> in the, she was, I think it's early 90s, something like that. But in, the, <clears throat> in that era, Jesus is still alive. So he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it, Mary was coming 2,000 years later, but Jesus is alive. And he healed Mary of Nazareth in this era because she came to the healing service. And I will never forget that. So I just want to take note here. So this is during the Feast of Tabernacles. And if Jesus says, and it, this is in context if we, as we see it. And I got to see the practice of it because I went to Israel, and I've gone many other times too, but during the Feast of Tabernacles for those 22 years, there would be on this, there would be seven days of celebration. And if you'll take note, if you go back and look at the Feast of Tabernacles, on this day you will celebrate the feast, and you will be joyful. 
one of the main commands of this feast is God is saying, you're going to be full of joy. Did you hear me? You're going to be joyful. And it's a commandment from the Lord, not just like, oh, well, I'll take it or leave it. No, there are certain times God commands. And of course, with his command comes a blessing. So God says, celebrate, rejoice. And then on the last day of the feast was Simcha Torah, the joy of the word, Simcha Torah, Simcha joy, Torah, the word of God. So joy in the word of God. So here we are celebrating. So whenever I would visit Bonnie and I would be invited, part of the thing that you do, you have booths. It's called the Feast of Booths. So as they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness, God provided them. God gave them food. God also gave them water. There was a time in the wilderness. They were so thirsty, by the way. I remember Katie and Morning going with us one time to uh, Holy Land, and we were on the bus, and <laughs> we were in a pool. I think Jordan, I don't know which one it was, but Morning drank the water. We are not supposed to drink it right from the, uh, the pools. And I said, oh, Morning, you shouldn't have <laughs> drunk that. But it, we had a lot of fun. Um, but I remember that clearly one bus ride. Well, morning would be a little extra mischievous. And uh, so it was during that time, the feast, the tabernacle. Anyway, so during the feast, one of the things they would do, by the way, this was, as Moses was leading them, there would be, and you see that in Exodus 15, um, that they are thirsty, they are asking for water, and Moses takes the rod, and beats the rock at uh, Horeb, the rock called the rock of Horeb. And as he strikes it, God tells him to strike it, and out of it comes fountains of pure water that refreshes multiple thousands of Jewish people who are in, who are come escaping from Pharaoh and from slavery in Egypt. So in celebration, Number one, Exodus 15, God gives a revelation there. Jehovah Rapha, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now again, let me underline. These revelations are for you, for you to come in possession. My God, Jehovah Rapha, that's the seven, among the seven premier covenant names of Jesus. One of his premier names is Jehovah Rapha. The Lord, my healer. Say, the Lord, my healer. Jehovah Rapha. It said in Exodus 15. But So, during the Feast of Tabernacles, the, when the temple was established, now they come into the Promised Land provision, they have leadership, they have David, and then King Solomon. But the, the temple is rebuilt. And I'm summarizing this because we don't have I don't want to give time too much to study that in detail, but except to note, as they established the temple worship, they would have 4,000 singers in the temple during the Feast of Tabernacles. And they would have 287 instruments and instrumentalists playing the instruments, praising the name of the Lord. So at this, it is during this feast that the Lord is standing up and he shouts this out. Um, so it's not just a mild, oh, hey, if I, I mean, it is out loud. He stood and cried out. And the impression you get from the Hebrew is, it is, I mean, so that everyone can hear in that big crowd. Now, they have been rejoicing for seven days celebrating. Now it's the last day, the eighth day. If anyone is really thirsty, if I kind of put it in my, my way, let him come to me, capital M, Jesus, and drink. And this is the real drink where you will never thirst again, basically. He who believes in me, 
as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Say living waters. Say rivers. So this is, I mean, have you been around a major river? How many of you have seen a big river? What river have you seen? Mississippi is, I think in the showboat, the movie, Old Man River, that great song is about the Mississippi River, isn't it? Right? And who, what other river have you seen? Anybody else? They have uh, the Amazon River. I have had a chance to go to Brazil, and, but I, I've seen the Amazon River. And it's, when you see a river, it is not a little trickle. It is a mighty deluge. There are other rivers. And I've seen the, Zamb- the Zambezi River in Zambia. Their brother Derek and I ministered way there in the Mililunga province. And that's where the, some of the headwaters of the great African River Zambezi is there. And there's a mighty water, the Zambezi waterfall is there. So it's, it's quite impressive there. The River Ganges is the big mighty river in India. And it's, it's big for a lot of ceremonial things among the Indians. Um, so he's talking now, out of your bellies, touch your belly. Say, out of my belly. Rivers of living water. Can you imagine? Say, and the Lord not saying light it in a little bitty stream or a tributary. This is rivers that he says, and... If you come to me, so we are coming to Jesus. This is amazing, amazing revelation that it is Jesus who is the source and he's going to fill you with rivers of living water. Say living water. And then he clar- it clar- the Bible clarifies, verse 39, but this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him, say believing in him, would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. But that's about to come. Not many days hence. He's going to be crucified. Die for our sins. Take our pains and our sicknesses. On the third day, he is going to be resurrected. And... uh, He's going to be with his disciples for 40 days. Then he ascends. And on 10 days after his ascension, he pours out this promise. It's called the promise of the Spirit. Say the promise. So I wanted to share part of this is because of the, we said the Apostles' Creed. How many of you remember we said that? Right? At the beginning. Now, one of the strong impressions that the reason that we do that is uh, part of our impartation. God saying, you're going to take authority in your land, wherever you are, in a sense, I don't want you to, but picturize you stomping your feet saying, devil, get out of here. This is kingdom territory. Why? Because I am here. Because you are here. And devil... You are not going to be tormenting my neighbors or the people of my city. I am binding in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to bind every spirit of addiction. And I'm going to pray, Lord, come Holy Spirit and set the captives free from all this drug addiction. Do you realize? You see, I mean, it it makes sense that even today we need to come into this truth and that it is yours and it belongs to your children and out of your belly are coming rivers of living water. So what happened, I'm putting it in context because that Mary from Nazareth who ran up while I was registering that the year before, unknown to me even, she had been, she came with radical cancer in her breasts. 
she was going to have a radical mastectomy. The appointment had been, and the glory of God, unknown to me even, but the power of God came. I mean, she did, was going to come up for prayer, and 20 feet away, she got zapped and fell. And she had never experienced that. So, and I mean, it, I wasn't laying hands on her at that time, but the Holy Spirit came over her and completely healed her. Who was it? It was the Holy Spirit. So this is amazing. See, the, we are talking about, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Well, <laughs> it is streams of living water. Hank, would you mind, did you, if a moment, uh, there was some time back I had, I had heard your testimony. I, I, how many of you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Raise your hand. Well, I would love to hear from each of you, and we may do something in that context. But Hank, take a mic and share how you got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Good morning. Well, I got to share my testimony in a way because that would be a, a teaching in itself. Um, we got, I am so fortunate to be married to Pam Rooney. Hallelujah. Because the Holy Spirit has done many things with us together. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit together, ministering together. So we're very, I'm very fortunate. But we both got saved in 1973. And in 1975, we got baptized with the Holy Spirit. And we were hungry for the Holy Spirit. We didn't really know what it was all about. We were Catholics, and you really didn't hear much about it. So we, we got involved with this Emmaus house, which was in New Haven, Connecticut. It was run by a Catholic nurse, a uh, Catholic uh, nun. She might have been a nurse, too, I don't know. But. And she would teach us, and we get baptized in the Holy Spirit on a February, very snowy day in New Haven, Connecticut. We shouldn't have even been there, but we were there. And another lady who was with us, many of you know Scott Volk. Does that name mean anything, Scott yep. Volk? His mother, a Jewish mother, was with us, and she received the Holy Spirit with us. And then this nun wanted Pam and I, after we get baptized with the Holy Spirit, just praying, she wanted us to teach on the gifts of the Holy Spirit to a new group coming in. Well, let me tell you, we were very novice. This was called on-the-job training. We taught on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and the only one we knew was the gift of love. So we did our whole teaching on the gift of love. Everybody loved it. But... But we had to learn on the job. We went to a, we were in a church, and I, at that point in time, I did not have my tongue. I knew I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. So we were in a church, I'm sitting in a pew, and I got my tongue. And the word that I got, my tongue was Abba. That was the only word I got. And I said, this is crazy. This was, back at that time, if I may say, there was a song out there, Abba Dabba. Some of you might remember it. And I said, this couldn't be. <laughs> so I'm Abba. I'm praying Abba for I don't know how long, two or three weeks. And finally, a guy got me. He said, Hank, do you have any idea what you're praying? And I said, I have no idea. He said, that means daddy. And it really, really hit me. Daddy. I was praying to my daddy this whole time, and I didn't even know it. So that's how we got to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It was very simple. I mean, it wasn't, you know, 18 lessons to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. What I love, the theme today is the Holy Spirit. I love reading Acts to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. It's fascinating. Just the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit came upon them in that upper room. And we've been in the so-called upper room also. But I want to just share a couple of quick things. How the Holy Spirit, can, he wants to be with us. How many times have you not, those who are baptized with the Holy Spirit, raise your hand again. How many times have you been praying and you really don't know what to pray? 
and the Holy Spirit will tell you what to pray. Isn't that right? It's so simple. How many times have we been up here and somebody will come up here for prayer and the Holy Spirit will tell us, no, this is what you need to be praying for. And you've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. I can remember uh, the healing. I can remember we used to have a bunch of kids come to our home. And I remember one time this boy, Gary, got, he came under the Holy Spirit and he's laying on the floor. We didn't know what the heck we were doing. We just opened up our home to have these kids come. And all of a sudden he starts speaking in tongues. Well, the other kids who are basically high school kids picked up that he was speaking in five different languages. We're looking at ourselves like, how can this be happening? We, we just didn't know. But it was wonderful to see. It was so simple. And it was exciting for the young people to see what was happening along with healings that were taking place when we were having our meetings. One girl was totally healed of arthritis at an early age. And the Lord said, tell her she's going to have a words to a song the next morning. She played the guitar. The next morning, she had the words to a song. And right after that, we were ministering in the Catholic Church with all these bunch of kids, praying in the spirit with kids. And the adults were amazed at what was happening with these kids. A couple of quick stories, because I don't want to take too long here. How it can be used. We were ministering in Venezuela. We had a team of four with a pastor's conference. And we went out to start praying with different people. And we were with a crowd, and we had an interpreter. And so there was a crowd of people. These two army trucks pulled up next to us. And a bunch of soldiers got out with rifles. We thought, they're coming after us. It was really weird. But then we had to pray with the people. We had to go into the group of people. We did not know Spanish, and they did not know English. We just had to be led by the Holy Spirit on what to pray for. And the Holy Spirit would tell us, this is what you need to pray for for this particular person. The same thing, if I may, happened in Malaysia, because we've been over there ministering to people who didn't know most of the people were Mandarin. They understood Mandarin, but there were other people with other dialects. So we had to do the same thing. We had an interpreter until we had to pray, and the Holy Spirit would lead us and tell us exactly how, what to pray for. They didn't, we had to believe the Holy Spirit. We just had to believe him. He was giving us the words of what to pray for. So that's just a couple, that's kind of our testimony but it kind of tells you a little bit about how the Holy Spirit can work on our lives. And I say, is there anyone who would like to receive the Holy Spirit today? I'll, I'll, we will have the healing service after Pastor gets done today. If anybody wants to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, I encourage you to come up and let somebody on the healing team pray for you. If you don't have tongues, I encourage you to come up and receive your, your language. You can't beat it. And it might be Abba. Don't worry about what it is. The Holy Spirit's telling you, say it. But can you imagine that, the word Abba? And then I'd find out Daddy. What a blessing that was from the Holy Spirit. He really surprised me. I was surprised when I would. I kept thinking it couldn't be related to this Abba, Dabba, Dabba, said the monkey to the chimp. That was the song, Abba. But I learned differently. But we've been used together. We've been used separately to pray for people for healing. And it's just, it's exciting. That's all I can say. It's exciting to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and be, make yourself available. I, um, I got to read this. And um, now I'll be finished. Yesterday, my daily devotion, I found this in a, I want to just read it to you. Your lack of ministry experience doesn't limit God. That's because he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So wait on God, and when the time is right, 
he will call you. We don't have to be trained going through a whole bunch of lessons. If he feels we're qualified, he's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit, and then he's going to train us. He's going to qualify us. So if you're holding back because you don't feel you're worthy or you're not trained, chuck it out the window. Seek the Holy Spirit, and he will, he will walk into your life and bless you. And I say it's, it's so much. The, the hunters, many of us have heard the hunters. I remember one time hearing uh, them say, yes, they prayed for the healing, even when they weren't baptized by the Holy Spirit. And the healings would take place. But they said after they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, the percentage of healings increased dramatically. That's just an example of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life. Let him fill you up. Be excited. And then step out and let him qualify you. Let him teach you. Let him lead you. And that's my testimony. That's our testimony. Praise God. Amen. Give him a big clap. Thank you, Hank. Appreciate it. And I know so many of you can have each of you, and we may have another opportunity uh, to share about this because this is part of the Apostles' Creed. It's an important aspect of what we believe. But this is part of the connotation. I'm so glad you shared in each a small microcosm, but this is both Hank and his beautiful bride got baptized in the Holy Spirit in their midst in the early 70s. But God has used them over the years. Fran traveled to Latin America, traveled to Asia. And what is the equipping? The equipping is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. What, what does that do then? And we read from the Apostles' Creed that it's kind of way... On three-thirds of the way, it says, and I believe in the Holy Spirit. Why is that? Because it's laying a foundation. You're believing in the Father. You're believing in the Son. Thirdly, you believe in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit ties all of this together and gives you a firm foundation so you can walk in salvation. And, uh, and remember, it's Jesus who is pouring this out on us and multitudinous blessings out of it and we talk a lot I mean because it's so exciting and it continues to bless and the need is there there are so many people on an ongoing basis who need a healing touch so we never want to lose this so I just want to say it to Hank and uh, that at the conclusion this morning, we're going to give an invitation. And those who have never had, how do I know I've not had the Holy Spirit? Well, you will know when you get zapped, believe me. Secondly, there will be a baptism, which the evidence of praying in the Spirit. So um, I want to say that by the way, Hank, I had a, a nun was involved in my baptism of the Holy Spirit because my, <laughs> I was going to graduate school uh, and there were night classes and I was in one night class with a precious Catholic sister named Sister Marsha. And uh, so I was, during the time that um, I had... Uh, it was in the 70s, in the 72, I got news that my mother was eaten up with bone cancer. She was in London, I was in Texas, at the graduate, at Texas Tech University. And, uh, and it broke my heart, I couldn't go, I couldn't afford to spare the money to fly there and see her, but her prayer request, so one request was that she would see me before she died. And I, I just interceded. I just was, I didn't even know that much about intercession, but I prayed for my mom. 
And uh, on the third night, the Lord came. And it's a long story, but I was in the heavenly glory. I was up there in living beams of light. And I was singing. And I looked at myself in a sense and said, you don't know this language. I was singing in tongues. And all night long I sang out loud and I was vibrating with joy. You know, the Bible talks about joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I couldn't stop singing for hours. And uh, I went, that night was my class, and I, I went to Sister Marsha because if there was something religious, <laughs> I thought she was religious, you know. I said, Sister Marsha, I couldn't stop singing in this language. You know, what's happened to me? And she said, started jumping up and down, said, praise the Lord, brother, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I, somebody, you know, a Catholic sister had to tell me, this, you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. So, but praise God when there is someone who knows about it, who has experienced it, who can pray and lay hands on you. And uh, in Acts chapter 2, um, that's where Hank was talking about that, and we can read this, that he says, Acts chapter 2. Now remember, Acts chapter 1, Jesus again says to them, if you read, he says, uh, the disciples are assembled in Acts chapter 1 with Jesus. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Say the promise of the Father. And that, what is the promised Father? The Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So again, that, these are wonderful blessing words for you and for me. And so, ten days later, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Say it's supernatural. Say it's a miracle. So you, we are involved in something very supernatural and miraculous. Sovereignly, God brings the mighty rushing wind. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Say they were filled. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. So out of your belly. Remember? Touch your belly. So out of my belly. Rivers of living water. So this is an example. Here. They are speaking in tongues. I started singing in tongues. So sometimes it happens, people may start singing in tongues. It may be a song like Hank said about Abba. Abba. Say Abba. We are saying Daddy or Father. It's beautiful. You have a heavenly Father who sent Jesus to die for you. He absolutely adores you and loves you. Say, I am loved. So this infilling is a sign of his love for you. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And it says that in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Say, I shall be a witness to the end of the earth. So we are, we are commissioned by the Lord himself to go all over the world. And if we can't go, to help different ways to publish 
In the 70s, we used to have little booklets we would hand out to people about the Holy Spirit and tracts. However, God uses you can go knocking on doors so you can share with people. And then in that context, then you'll find as you are filled with the Holy Spirit, there are gifts and different gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I believe in the Holy Spirit. That's what we're kind of focusing on this morning. But what does it mean? It means a variety of stuff that's awesome about the Holy Spirit. That there are gifts. Part of the, uh, part of the package of receiving the Holy Spirit, baptism, these rivers come out of healing. So, and we call them the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, the gift of miracles, the gift of healing. Uh, in the coming days, we may, if we, the Lord allows us, we may go through that. So, this is the blessing we want to now take note of Jesus Christ. And Holy Spirit is leading us into all the promises of God. And that He is divine. Just as the Father is divine, the Son is divine, the Holy Spirit is divine. So we have the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes real the Father and the Son. That's His job description. Jesus has done His stuff. The Father has done His stuff. The Father, of course, creation. All of, and then He gives us His Son. The Son is by the Spirit. He knows in a, He is taking the sins of all mankind upon Himself. Amazing grace that he has. That it's the supernatural son of God. Hanging in a supernatural miracle. Whereby he is taking every sin from every person and every family. And every curse. And he's, he goes through the, what we call the passion. And then he dies on the cross fully dead, then resurrected from the dead. So that's amazing, astounding miracle. And uh, so then we, we read, therefore, Acts chapter 2. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, being unto to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there are times, and there are variations to this theme that you may pray for someone and you may pray sincerely and then they are that seem to be trying and there is no no prayer no supernatural don't get discouraged it's down in there sometimes people are shy all kinds of reasons where it's right there in them but they are either had a bad experience, whatever. There are a combination of reasons that can prevent people from fully coming into prayer language. Suddenly, I've known people who three days later in the night, they wake up and start speaking in tongues. And it was there, it just, they released it. It was released later. And we go on to read and they were dwelling, verse 5 in chapter 2, they were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. So here, the known civilized world at that time. And when the sound occurred, so it's the sound of all those 120 God baptized the Holy Spirit, they're speaking in tongues. When the sound occurred, the multitude came together. And were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. How about that? This is, I mean, it's exceptional. It happened to me, I mean, a couple of times that I knew literally it was happening. I was in a medium-sized church in San Antonio, Texas many years ago. 
And I prayed. And one of the people receiving Christ, and whenever I'm, I give an invitation and people get saved, but I also pray, secondly, that they get baptized in the Holy Spirit. So there was a simple cow, cowboy with jeans. He was really thin as a rail. I remember him very clearly. And he, there was a ranch a um, few miles from San Antonio, Texas. And he just simply, he was a, he kept cow, cows and took care of cows in the ranch. Got baptized, got right there and asked for the Holy Spirit. Uh, asked for Jesus, basically. But I prayed for him to receive Holy Spirit. He started speaking, and it was in other tongues. He didn't know what he was talking. But I had just come from a trip from Czechoslovakia. And I was familiar with the Czechoslovakian language. I remember part of it, if I remember, part of it was Slava Bohu, and it means praise the Lord in Czechoslovakian. So it, <laughs> and I said, do you know what you're doing? He said, no, I don't know. I've never heard this. And it was, he was praising God in Czechoslovakian language. It, it was inspiring for me to know, that, oh, this is so much fun. That it is, it is true. It's real. Say it's real. And so it may be a heavenly language. It's something spoken in heaven. Who knows? Or an earthly language that God gives you. There are times we, we there was someone else some years ago was, I'm familiar with the Swahili language. And he was praising God in Swahili. He didn't know, I mean, he'd never been in Africa. And he was praising God in some unknown tongues. He, to him, it was unknown, but I knew that what language he was speaking in. But here it says, and when the sound occurred, multitude came together. Each one hearing God, everyone heard them speak in his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each one uh, that is here, like in the Middle East? And how is it that we hear each our own language in which we were born? From Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, uh, Egypt and the parts of Libya and joining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? And Peter's we don't, I mean, other, verse 13, others mocking said they are full of new wine. So there will be certain mockers. I mean, he don't, there will always be those who disdain. And we are going through the generation here. I don't want to take too much time again. Talk about the, even in the, in the U.S. government now these days, there is, they make fun of Jesus Christ. And the Christians, the, it'll, it'll happen. I mean, you <laughs> choose not to get mad because uh, I remember Elijah turning around and said, bears eat you up. <laughs> remember that when they were teasing him and the bears came out and ate them. So we don't, we don't want to do that. <laughs> but there are those who will mock. Anyway, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. That's nine o'clock. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. So this is again, I believe in the Holy Spirit. This is 
this is all what it, the connotations of all of this. That God, praise the Lord, because of Jesus Christ, the Father. God is blessing you, and Jesus is pouring out. The Divine Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all involved in blessing us, even today. So, um, by the way, often it, I would talk about the Holy Spirit, but in certain Bible translations, they'll say the Holy Ghost. That's 16th century language, and we call it the Holy Spirit. And uh, here in Ephesians, I want to read a reference from Ephesians chapter 1. And uh, it says in verse 13, it says, In him, Jesus, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation, in whom you also, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So this is another title of the Holy Spirit. It's called the Holy Spirit of promise. Who is the guarantee of your inheritance? So part of the wonderful thing, when I speak in the prayer language, for example, it's, it's a proof for me for, and a guarantee inside your heart that of your inheritance until the redemption of the person's purchase of possession to the praise of his glory. You have an assurance. Heaven is your home. God is your father. Jesus is your elder, the elder brother. And you are in the most wonderful member of the most wonderful family in heaven. So this is all part of the package of the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. When we say, I believe, when you say in the, in the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Basically, you are believing everything the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. He is divine. He is personal. He is distinct from the Father and the Son. He is the third person of the Trinity. He, of the Godhead is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then, I'll read another scripture in uh, the Gospel of John. Um, that's I felt was important to emphasize this. It says in John Gospel of John chapter 15, verse 26, but when the Helper, capital H, that's the Holy Spirit, comes, whom I shall send to you, that's words in red, so it's Jesus saying, but when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, then he enunciates. Now I want to clarify who the, this is, the, the Helper is the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, Jesus says. And you shall also, and you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. So, this is again another picture. The helper is going to come. I'm sending the helper. He comes from the Father. His name is the Spirit of Truth. And you will also bear witness. <clears throat> of Jesus Christ. And so, when the Holy Spirit is coming, He's throwing, helping us throw a spotlight again on Jesus. And so we get a more clear picture of who Jesus is. And then the Holy Spirit makes us one with Jesus. He is basically, the Holy Spirit is the executor. He is the officiating agent of heaven who helps guide us into the divine blessings of Jesus Christ. So as you see, all three persons are absolutely necessary for us to receive the full blessings of the living God that through the Holy Spirit you have personal fellowship with God. I start, even now, those filled with the Spirit, I mean, and if you have a prayer language, 
I, I love praying in my spirit when I'm on my own. And it's instant communion with the Father and the Son. So when we, believe, when we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, you understand all of these things. Number one, that you have personal fellowship with God through the Holy Spirit. Number two, it says in Luke 4, Jesus, filled with the Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So we also are led by the Holy Spirit. When I got, when, uh, two, about two and a half years before I met Bonnie, one of the words the Lord gave me while I was praying, I was praying in the Spirit, then I started praying, and then the Lord gave, spoke to me and said, pray for your wife. I said, what do you mean pray for my wife? I know what he went. I'm not married. Hey, hello. But he knew I was going to meet her one day and that I was going to be married. I didn't know. I was just happy to be being a bachelor at that time. And then I was asked to pastor a church in a town outside of Lubbock where I was studying pastoring a church in Leveland, Texas. But lo and behold, but when I prayed, pray for your, pray for your wife, and I, then I just prayed and fasted. I realized at that time, Bonnie was going through one of the most difficult times in her life where there was a, she will tell you, that there was separation between her dad and her mom at that time, and it was very difficult for her. I didn't know. I never met her. And then she started attending my prayer group about a couple of years later. And I found that's the one. Anyway, and then in 76, we got married. But I started praying for her in 74. I'd never met her. So the Holy Spirit will give you those kind of words. And, uh, <clears throat> and basically... We start experiencing what it is to be heirs of God and to be priests and kings before our God. And uh, another scripture in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason... Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man. So, Father, may he strengthen you by his Spirit so that the Holy Spirit that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Say through faith. So all of this is by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Say love. Now see how it's, it's right there. I like that. May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height of this love. So to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Isn't that wonderful? Now to him who is, ex to do, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, that's the Holy Spirit, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Wow. So when you say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, you are including all of this. And it is by the Holy Spirit. In fact, there is a scripture in Romans, um, Hank, that you, you just referred to it. And I, I just want to give you the, share that scripture. Romans 8. It says in verse it says, 
for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom you cry out, Abba, Father. How about that? So when you were saying Abba, it was by the Spirit of God, you were saying Abba. And of course, it became part of your prayer language too. And uh, so in Acts chapter 2, and I'll conclude here, verse 4, they were filled, spoke in tongues. And so we call this Pentecost, and we have referred in the past, the Feast of Pentecost. So, in the children of Israel, as they were journeying in the 40 years, the, the God's presence came on them on Sinai. And that the, that's where God gave his word. It's called Pentecost, but on the second Pentecost, the real where Jesus himself is now, he's resurrected, he's ascended. And because he's resurrected, ascended, I emphasized that time too, Therefore, he can pour out his spirit upon us. So it is supernatural. And the Lord anoints us with the Holy Spirit so we can always be anointed to be a reaching people. It is at that time, Acts 2, the Phrygians, the Parthenians, the Romans, wherever they came from in the civilized world, they were hearing the wonderful things of God. So Holy Spirit... Even today, as we believe in the Holy Spirit, are filled with the Holy Spirit, then God, with that infilling, comes automatically a commissioning, in a sense, where you will share of the love of God to others. You, it, it's just, it's not like, well, you, you're going to get this. No, no, no. It's part of, it's just brimming over. It's, it's so much fun to see this. And I, that's why I, I started writing a journal many years ago when I got so excited that when I got the Holy Spirit, I mean, people would start, even when I started talking about God, the people would fall down. And oh, gee, what's happening? And I learned that's just the Holy Spirit, part of the Holy Spirit blessing, that he was healing people. People would get up and say, I'm healed. And uh, you see the awesomeness and the goodness of the Holy Spirit, and that it is the supernatural power of God. You shall receive power. Say, I shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon me. So, say power. So this is not, I mean, this regular earthly power. We're talking about Holy Ghost power. And Jesus, I'm going to pour that out. And then in Acts chapter 2, we see this. So, I mean, I, when I, we t I talk about uh, it is so exciting and so much fun. And I've seen, I mean, 50,000 people at one time come up and receive Jesus Christ. And I've had a chance to pray f in filling of the Holy Spirit. And it's so much, f uh, I'd be no respect when I say it's so much fun. It's so exciting to see the supernatural things he does through you, in you, around you. It, it's just a glorious, fun journey. Until we see him face to face, it is wonderful, full of glory. Say, full of glory. Hallelujah. I want to bow our heads just for a moment. And Father, I just pray for each one of us here. Thank you, Lord. That when we say in the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the Holy Spirit, that it's talking about the third person of the Trinity who makes all the blessings of God real. All the healings of Jesus Christ real for us. For He is alive. He's part of the third person of the Godhead. And we want continuously. So you get filled, but you find even in the book of Acts, as the church is filled, a few chapters, they were filled again. So you can get zapped and then get zapped again. I mean, there is the first time in filling, you get prayer language, all of that. But there are times you may feel dry. The Holy Spirit will come over you. That's why we 
you know, in the coming days, we praying for revival. And Hank sharing his uh, wonderful testimony. It was just a sample. I hope we can call others to also share their stories. I, I, I would be so excited to hear your story, how you came to meet the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus and the Father become so real. That's why this is a special wonderful session here this morning. So, what we're going to do, <clears throat> we're going to go to the Lord in communion and celebrate Jesus and that specifically on Acts chapter 1, you shall receive power. May we receive a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Mahesh Chavda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at 1-800-730-6264. God bless you.